of April the 12th, Oswald Chambers chose a portion of Romans 6, 9 through 11. Death hath no more dominion over him. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Mr. Chambers then writes, eternal life is not a gift from God. Eternal life is the gift of God. That's an interesting insight. He, he goes on and he states, the energy and the power which was manifested in Jesus will be manifested in us by the sheer sovereign grace of God when once we have made the moral decision about sin. So obviously it's conditional. You see he brings out that conditional aspect of it again in the next paragraph when he writes, the life that was in Jesus is made ours by means of his cross when once we make the decision to be identified with him. My friends, it's, it's healthy to remember that shortly after the Jews returned to Jerusalem from the Babylonian exile, they began to rebuild God's temple. Sixteen years later, they still were not finished. And why? Because they neglected the Lord's work in order to selfishly work on their own homes. All of their activity fails to yield contentment because God confers emptiness when his people fail to apply their minds to his established priorities. God trespasses on his children's souls when they fail to integrate their minds, their hearts, with his injunction to push toward his directives. And Jesus was successful in his refusal to sin because his priorities were never mutable. They were biblically fixed. Now, you cannot be alive to God in Christ Jesus unless your mind is riveted upon the life Jesus lived to God. You have to live with the same commitments and purpose that Christ fashioned for us. Jesus could reject Satan's temptations in the wilderness because he was biblically centered. He could determine the boundaries of his purpose in this world because he knew the Old Testament. He could teach with authority because even the unclean spirits knew him to be set apart to do God's bidding. God expects your relationship with him to be so meaningful that you will set your mind to recognize and resist every temptation. And though you stumble into sin, you hate the stumble. The eternal life that God references here is not inherent to natural man, whereas now death is built into to our fallenness. Be mindful that God's grant of eternal life is tethered to his son Jesus because there's no salvation in anyone else, Acts 4.12. Eternal life is the venue of believers in Jesus Christ, and yet one's reliance, one's trust, must be in Jesus alone. The Apostle Paul yokes the free gift of eternal life to the Lordship of Christ. One cannot have Christ Jesus without also having him as your Lord. And so many people claim Jesus is Christ, Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is Savior, but there's no evidence of him being Lord over their lives. Too many Christians offer testimonies of being saved at a young age and then immediately declare that though they were saved, Jesus was not really Lord of their lives until they finished college, got married, or some crisis engulfed their lives. Scripture lends no support to their view of salvation. The Apostle Paul lived and died well because he had received the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now ask yourself, will I live and die well? May it be so. Amen and amen.